Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this, what the fuckers, what the fuck buddies, what the fucking ears, what the fuckstables, what the fuckaricans, what the fuckaholics, what the fuckamolins, what the fuckanadians, what the fuckanucks. All right, no, now, stop, stop, God, stop it. Mark Marin, this is WTF, thank you for listening. I appreciate all your input. A couple of things I want to say, I do have uh, Donald Glover on the show today, I'm very excited to put that up. We had a great conversation. The other thing I want to say is that I know there are a lot of uh, new listeners to WTF. I'm glad you found the podcast. There's a lot of them. There's there's like about 230-something. There's a lot of them. There are 50 that are available. The most recent 50 are available for free at all times on iTunes. Uh, You can subscribe there, download the episodes. But if you do not know this, if you get the app... For uh, iPod Touch, iPad, Droid, or your computer, uh, you can you can stream every episode from the beginning. And there is some unique premium content on the apps. As as a matter of fact, I am going to uh, put up a bonus episode. Um, it's it's a great one. It's it's an old live episode we did at Comics. It was only a premium for a long time. Uh, it's got David Tell, Bobby Kelly. Anthony Jeselnik, Amy Schumer, Joe DeRosa, Kurt Metzger. Uh, so if you get the app now, you will get that uh, that that episode that has never been heard unless you bought it. That would be incentive for me. That live show with Attell was fucking hilarious. And that is an app premium, WTF. Enjoy that. So I know that since I talked to Donald Glover, not Glover, I know I say Glover, because I'm an idiot sometimes. But since then, uh, NBC has sort of put uh, the show community on on a, a kind of limbo, on a hiatus. Uh, the rest of the season's episodes uh, are going to air, and we don't know if they're going to get a fourth season. Now, this is the amazing thing about show business that is horrendous. You have a show, people that love that show, are loyal to that show, look forward to that show, but because it's not enough people for NBC... They're like, I don't know, we're going to, yeah, you know what? It's not really doing well for us. The amount of our lives, I don't care what kind of business you are, but you are in, but do you ever think about how much of your life is defined by how much money you make for somebody else or how much you facilitate making money for somebody else as you make money for yourself? Hey, I'm doing all right, but really my job hangs in the balance of their books, Yeah, we're doing a great thing here, and we're all paid pretty well, but when it comes right down to it, it doesn't matter if they're not making enough money off of this great thing we're doing. It's just horrendously frustrating to know that even with the outlets we have, you know, technologically, and who knows what will ultimately happen, that it just comes down to this weird group decision based on numbers as to whether or not something great survives or doesn't. That's frustrating, and that's just a real. That's just a reality. And quite honestly, if everybody loves something, ninety nine percent of the time, it's shit. It's shallow. It's not provocative. That's that's just a real. Unless it's like ice cream or something tangible. But in terms of media product, if something is so hypnotic 
and so generic or so broad that everybody likes it, they can't, how much can they really like it? It's got to be relatively disposable. But I feel bad that he's in this situation. Uh, but that happened recently. We talked to him a, a, a little bit ago, but it was a great talk. It was really one of the best conversations I've had on this show about a lot of different things. Oh, that's the other thing about uh, you only being um, validated in your life and allowed to work if you're making someone else or some other entity a lot of money. And they prefer that you do it as cheaply as possible. If you can make a company a lot of money by not spending anything, you're a fucking genius. That will, that will determine that you work for a long time in whatever it is that you have, are working in. Is if you can say, look, I'm making this thing and it costs nothing and everybody likes it. Ugh. And just oh, the nature of disposable culture, that, that's starting to drive me a little fucking nuts again. The fact that nobody even expects things to be made with any quality. The fact that nobody even, they buy stuff and they're like, that eh, doesn't matter, I'll throw it away, it's cheap. I, I, it drives me nuts. I have dreams of things lasting forever. Maybe I'm a romantic, even if it's shoes. So I had a weird thing. It's not a weird thing, but it's been a long time since I've walked off stage and felt like I had been schooled somehow or I, I had uh, overestimated myself. I decided to go out and jam with a band. Someone asked me, Chris Porter, the comedian, uh, he does. He has a band. There's a couple other comics in it and a, and a couple of musicians. And they do cover songs. You know, it's a good time. It's just a good time band. But uh, they were playing a gig where they do a little comedy show before and then they jam. They did, And they're real good. They're real tight. You know, they do some Zeppelin. They do, um, they do uh, some Stones, some Faces, uh, some uh, Black Crows. And Chris is a great singer. And they said, if I, they asked me if I wanted to sit in for a few songs. So I said, let me see your set list. They, they, they sent me the set list. I said, I can handle this stuff. You know, I could certainly do Stay With Me. I could do Let It Bleed. I could do Statesboro Blues. And they said, you want to come over and rehearse for a couple hours? I'm like, yeah, that'd be fun. You know, this is something I really need to do is get out and jam and have a good time. Because I really want to, I, I like playing guitar. But as you know, I like playing guitar by myself in my garage with, uh, with people I enjoy playing with. And they all exist on CD and they never judge me. And if it's not going well, I can just start the song over. And no one, you know, Muddy Waters rarely says, Marin, where are you? What's going on? Stay on the beat. Neither is Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Vaughn or Hubert Sumlin or, you know, Jimmy Reed or Keith Richards. They never, they never bust my balls about my playing. It's a very one-sided relationship, which I enjoy. So I go over and practice with these guys, and I have a good time. I bring one of my uh, dirtier guitars because I thought that those were dirty songs, and I should. And I don't play that guitar. It no, doesn't matter. In the rehearsal, I had a great time, and I played well. And uh, it was fun. To, it's fun to play with musicians that are good because you can't fuck up that much. So then the night of the performance comes, and I go out there. And all I'm thinking about, like, I got to do 15 minutes of comedy and then they take a break and then they play. And all I'm thinking about is like, I just want to get up there. I want to get up there. I want to plug in. And it's not my amp. And I don't play out at all. I don't play with other people publicly. I've done it maybe twice in my life. And I'm waiting and I'm just thinking like, God, I just, I really want this to go well. I really want to, I want to get into a groove. I want to, I want to feel like I'm a guitar player who can play with other people. I'm just really excited and nervous and generally, I don't have, 
I, I don't know if you know this about me. I, I, a lot of you think I'm a, a self-centered, you know, blabbermouth who who can't shut up. But inside, for the most part, I'm pretty shy and given a choice. I don't want to play lead guitar. I like to play rhythm guitar. I like to fade back a little bit. I like to be a little more subtle. I don't like to hit any. any I don't like to hit anybody over the head with shit. It, that's really my nature. So they bring me up. And, you know, I'm plugged into this amp and it's really loud. It's louder than anything that I play in here. And I play loud sometimes, but now I'm t- I got to fill a room. I'm playing with other people and it's loud and it, it scares me. Like I, the, I hit the chord and I'm like, holy fuck, I can, I've never heard myself this loud. Can everybody hear me? And then it's too dark on stage. I can't see my fingers. I fuck up the beginning of the first song. I kind of, I do okay, but then I do okay and let it bleed, but I'm, I'm very self-conscious and I can't stop looking at my fingers. And I must have looked terrified, which my girlfriend validated when I got off, that there was such a tension in my face that there was, it didn't seem like there was much joy in it. And then I kind of, I was off rhythm a little bit from what I could tell on Statesboro Blues. And in the middle of that, I'm like, I'm just, I'm fucking up, I'm fucking up. And I got off stage and I just felt horrible. And I walked out with my guitar and my girlfriend. I didn't even think I earned the blowjob, to be honest with you. I mean, I mean that's the least that, you, you know, I mean, when you play guitar on stage, that's what, you know, you should get that if you have a woman that saw you. I didn't think I earned that. And I was beating myself up the whole way home. And I was like, I can't. But it was sort of a weird lesson for me is that I know I'm okay and I know that if I want to do what I did with them I need to play with people I need to practice so there was a different point in my life where I would do that and I'd be like fuck it I'm no good I can't do this you know I'm an idiot as opposed to just think like well maybe you should do it more and uh, get comfortable with that with playing with other people with practicing songs and all that so I spent a good part of the uh, the ride home basically being a uh, insecure creative person uh, with my girlfriend Jessica saying no I thought it was good I'm like did you really though did you I mean come on it kind of sucked I kind of fucked up I didn't hear it I thought I thought you sounded good no fuck that I mean I, I I shouldn't even fucking you know think I can play with people no I, I thought it was sounding good you looked a little nervous yeah right right like because I couldn't stop looking at my thing like anything I could try to get out of her that would have been neg. I was trying to guide her to the negativity I wanted her to match my misery. That it's one of those practical applications of misery loves company, and because I do that, people are saying it was fine. And I'm like, and I'm trying to figure out from their voice how genuine that is. Because I've been in it. I know when I don't do that good, and people are like, "Yeah, man, you should really do this more." That's like a non compliment. It's a polite way of saying it, it was okay. Ugh, whatever. I I just had to come home and play all those songs with the bands that made those songs. And you know what? Uh, I, you know, Ronnie Wood did not judge me. Rod Stewart didn't judge me. Uh, Bill and Charlie were fine with how I stayed on top of the rhythm. And, uh, you know, Dwayne Allman and I had a great jam session, which is weird because he's dead and he certainly didn't say anything. So I'm back in the garage, back at it. Garage guitar legend that's me i you know i'm sorry about the ants oh i got an ant problem too you do uh, yeah it's bad i believe that my house is built on some sort of ancient ant colony <laughs> where are you showing up 
they everywhere yeah. i don't even know how they they were in the kitchen i was like okay that makes sense they probably came through the, they came from the door yeah under the door and then to, into the sink it was like eating all the shit in my sink and so i cleaned that up but they're downstairs and i don't know how they got downstairs and they're in my upstairs bed and they won't go away from my upstairs bathroom and there's nothing for them to eat in upstairs bathroom. i think it's water is it water? Like, I, do they I, need water that bad? Like, I'm not clear what the hell it is, but I thought I'd... One night, I had an I had like a, a five-inch thick line of ants and flying gnats moving across the ceiling yeah. in here. I don't know where they were going. <laughs> they had an agenda. <laughs> I was freaking out. I thought that they were termites, and that I that's the other thing I worry about. Termites. So, well, you just you're a new homeowner. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's the that's the big thing. It's just like you. I just got a house. And they are just like, yeah, if it's termites, you're, you're just fucked. Like, there's just nothing. You just, you, I mean, that's it. Like, I once they think get about in, it, because this thing, how old is your house? You bought it in Silver Lake? It's new. It's, oh, it's a new place. It's a new place. So it but, can't have termites yet. Well, it can't have termites yet, but like, I've been fucked over. I mean, there, there's the, the, the living room is already sinking. What are you talking about? The living room sinking. Did you have it built or you just bought it? No, I just bought it. But the, the two, there's two houses. They they cleared this land. They put a house on top. That that's my house and a house right next to it. They're mirror images of each other, and they're building one right below it. Yeah. And the mirror image one, a friend like the, a girl moved in. Yeah. And she's like, um, my living room's sinking, and I'm talking to the people. It's living. Is yours sinking? And I was like, I don't know. And she came over. She's like, oh yeah. And she and I, it was it's sinking. What does that mean? Like, how do you know your living room is sinking? The floor is falling. The floor in is falling in. They put a like a level a leveler on it, and it's the bubbles all fucked up. And oh like, my fucking god! You just I. And, but the thing is, like, oh, you can do that. You can just sell a house and no. <laughs> this it's is America. Work. You can you can you can sell a house to someone who has no money. Are you kidding? Yeah, that's. Just- <laughs> You think they're drawing lines at living room and sinking? Living room sinking? They're yeah. like, oh, we got rid of that one. That guy's a sucker. <laughs> These celebrities are easy. It wasn't even like a big house. Like it's just, I wish if it was like a a big like mansiony house. Like it's just a small fucking house. It's like I was like, oh, I just wanted it to be new so I don't have to worry about this shit. But of uh, course, it's yeah, new. I'm telling you, man. Once you got a house, once you got a house, it's all worry. It's you never have, done. That's right. You have to learn just to accept that there's no finishing it. Fucking. I don't have a yard, and the, and the yard costs thousands of dollars to do. What, what? What do you mean? This is why my dad like is always like upset and wanted me to like rake and shit. I was like, oh, you got to keep the outside <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's or all people me. will get pissed. Like your neighbors will be yeah. like, because it's just a dirt pile, and I'm yeah. fine with the dirt pile. I'm yeah, never sure, there. Sure, I'm touring. Yeah, but they're like, you got to clean up your dirt pile. <laughs> and I'm just, yes, Donald bullshit. Glover in the garage came over from. Uh, it's nice day. It's a very pretty day. It's, just, it's not that far a drive, right? No, no, I'm not from Silver Lake, no. So you're not homo. I, what What are you touring with? Are you touring with comedy or with uh, Childish uh, Gambino? Oh, well, you, first of all, I'm amazed you know Childish Gambino. Like, I didn't even think you would even... Well, I, you know, I don't do a lot of research, but I mean, I remember we talked about this the first time I talked about it, or somebody told me about it, that you've got, uh, you know, this musical thing. Now, when you hear a comic's doing a musical thing, you're like, well, is it a funny thing? I mean, the name's funny. Yeah. And then you're like, what is it? And then I watch about five minutes of this, of you on stage with your band, and I realize, like, holy fuck, he's serious. <laughs> he's, <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> he's seriously doing a music thing. I did. I went to the Montreal Comedy Festival, and then, like, for the Funny or Die party, they were like, hey, let's have Childish Gambino. And there is nothing. Like, first of all, I don't know what gave me the fucking balls to do that. I was like, I'm surrounded by comedians 
doing actual rap. You, oh, you mean to go up and sing? Well, yeah. Rap? Well, rap and sing. Yeah, I do sing too, but like, and not have it be a bit. Like, comedians are like, like Chelsea Peretti, like, fucking ripped into me, man. She did? I mean, like, as I mean, like, she, sure, she sure. likes it, but yeah. she's just like, she's like, you know, right. it's well, serious. There's, a, there's not a great history of comics performing music. <laughs> you know, um, for those of you who have the Jamie Foxx record, perhaps the uh, Eddie Murphy uh, yeah, record. Eddie Murphy. They're all classics well well i think that what i see in you is you're pretty uh you know shiny and and uh and new <laughs> and uh and you have a seemingly unbounding uh talent and and somehow or another you've you've mustered up the courage to uh to use it in a lot of different ways well it took me like eight years to, to actually be like okay i'm actually doing this because i knew people were what singing like, what the or fuck? rapping yeah that shit like because i've been doing music since way before comedy that's what it felt like to me yeah when i watched it i was like this is this was the dream <laughs> but i was like ah comedy you can always be like i was fucking around oh yeah with comedy like comedy really if you think about it is a, almost a default like yeah. if you're a funny guy you're like that's easy you're or, or not easy as a job but it doesn't once you figure out comedy it doesn't take a lot of work and you know how to uh, express yourself and be vulnerable but still be funny yeah. but music you're all fucking out there. you're out there like that's the thing like i don't because you really do have and you have to keep that persona that's the thing like like I was that Patton Oswalt joke. He's just like you know, like it's. He said it must be hard to be Lenny Kravitz because like you can't just go to the store and get milk. You just have to put on the bamboo vest. He's like you have to be Lenny Kravitz all the fucking time. He looks like he loves being Lenny. Kravitz. <laughs> Lenny doesn't. Yeah, look he like, doesn't look like he's like. Oh, that's a boy. He's like, oh, where's my bamboo vest? Yeah, yeah he, I woke up. Yeah, he's never. Yeah. He's never leaving the house. Going, God damn it! Why do I have to be Lenny Kravitz oh. today? <laughs> uh, but you know, I like Lenny. So wait, so where did it all start out for you? I mean, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Stone Mountain, Georgia, but I was born actually out here. My dad was in the Air Force. So Stone Mountain, Georgia. Yeah. And you grew up there. Yeah. And he, you know, so you you were born here. Your dad was stationed out here. We're in San Diego. Or? He was stationed at Edwards Air Force Base, which is I guess like out by Mojave. Uh huh. And then we moved to Atlanta because it was cheaper. And then we moved to Stone Mountain. How far is that from Atlanta? Stone Mountain is like southeast. It's, do you know what Stone Mountain is? I st- I'm, no, I know. I'm, I keep going to Cold Stone Creamery okay. in my mind. So that has nothing to do. With no, it. well, Stone Mountain is this big piece. It's 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 a pimple on the ass of the earth. Yeah, it's this big granite hump. It, like there's no mountains in Georgia. Oh, like, so it's an actual landmark. It's an actual big granite hump. It's the only thing like it for some reason. They think a, a glacier made it. One piece of granite. So Just, it's a giant rock. It's a big like it's a mountain. And people travel to it, and people they're like, go, "Well, they they carve the Confederate leaders into the side." Well, That's, that must have been a. Fun it's a second. Thing. It, I'm dead serious. This is the second. It's the second like rising of the KKK. That's where it is. That's what it's famous for. They, uh-huh. they when the KKK restarted, they yeah. did it on top of that mountain, and there's the Confederate leaders on the side, and they have a laser show where they come to life at night during the summer. Come on, I, that what, sounds who, like bullshit. But who, are the, what, who is it? Like Stonewall Jackson? Stonewall or? Jackson. Not. I always get Robert E. Lee and the other one confused. The, no, Robert E. Lee was Confederate. Yeah, yeah. Ulysses com- Grant was it's him. The, yeah, so yeah. it's it's Robert E. Lee and Stonewall Jackson and, and yeah. some dude that wasn't as important <laughs> that people were just like oh, but they needed another one. They another, can't just have two up there. Another dude who wanted to keep people slaves. <laughs> one of them. It was rough in the summer though. That place is not what, good. what in terms of the visitors. Yeah. I mean, like, we would go there as kids. I mean, like, because you go there as kids, you want to see a laser show because the first half of the laser show is like, you know, like a cat chasing a mouse. And it's like, that don't impress me much. Like, it's like country. And it's like, oh, good, good. And then they do the Confederate shit. And then it gets real. As like a young black kid, like, we got like beer cans thrown at us and shit. 
Like it was. Like, who who let you do this? I mean, like, did your parents say, "Let's go to the laser show," well, not yeah, knowing my, that eventually it would turn into some sort of racist rally? Well, my parents were very into. My mom mostly was like into like fuck them. Oh, oh, so kind of like show yeah, them. she right. was like, yeah, like we're yeah. going, where yeah. family is going. That's right. We she That's did that right. with. We did that all the time, like in Georgia. Yeah, like it was like Lenox Mall, which is not like. N- not like Stone Mountain where it's like racist. It's not, but it was just like the white, you know, it's the white mall. Yeah. You know, it's not, the, there's the black mall and the white there's mall. A, oh, there's a black mall? Yeah, there's a black mall. There's a black mall here. <laughs> Usually, isn't, you, you know. Will you tell me where the black mall is? The black mall, it's right off of Crenshaw. Like, it was like oh, over there. Oh. What's it called? Damn, it's like the black mall. Okay, you know, well, you what, know what I'm talking I about. I do know what you're talking about, but I'm trying to picture the differences because I don't know that I've ever noticed whether or not I was in a black mall or not. I mean, what is? Oh, there... you know, <laughs> you definitely know. You're not gonna be like, oh, uh, uh, malls like, are all shitty to me. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, <laughs> they're I know all they're, shitty. Yeah, there's good malls and there's the rest of them. It was like shit. porn. It was like most porn is pretty shitty, but yeah. you know the difference when you sure. see black shitty porn and white <laughs> shitty porn. <laughs> yeah, I do yeah. know the difference. <laughs> so okay, so then so that's how you grew up with a with a with a mom who was like, fuck them. Let's, uh, yeah. you know, we they we don't need to be treated like this. Yeah, it was just like. My, was did you feel a lot of racism though? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, I have to assume like that's a stupid question. There's a Confederate mountain <laughs> looming a, at yeah, you yeah, with, with the Confederate with leaders. a KKK laser show, and I'm like asking like, so what was it difficult down there as a black guy? <laughs> was it, it was okay. I mean, I was always the kind of kid. I didn't. I don't like talking. It's funny. Because I never really liked talking about race. I was always the type of person who didn't want to get into it. I was just like, oh, let's just keep it. The older I got and the more shit I started doing, like music-wise and comedy-wise, it became a thing. Like, I never wanted to d- have stand-up be about race, but most of my stand-up is about do you, what? Yeah, a thing in the sense that do you feel like it was uh, put upon you or a responsibility or just that that was the, 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 the mold that had been laid out? I, it, or it, it was important to you? It became very important to me. Like the more, and my friend was like, the more you try to pretend, like the more you try and make it not a thing, it becomes a thing. You start to notice more and more, I think. Because really? I always, yeah, I always tried to just be like, oh, you know, I never, I always didn't like Comic View. I never liked that shit. I never wanted to be like, you know, black people do this, white people. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. I always thought it was really lame. But, but I was like, oh no, the jokes are just lame. Like right. the, the premise of just like, the idea of just like, there's this separate thing going on that that people don't really notice is like when you watch Chappelle and shit like that you're like oh yeah he really notices the things like yeah I can't I that feeling of oh if I'm dating a white chick I gotta make sure she gets home because I'm going to jail is a true to God like people think I I see this online too like people thought I stole that joke which is funny because they were like Patrice O'Neal, you stole that I stole that joke from Patrice O'Neal too I was Uh like no that's just something black dudes worry about (laughs) I legit, if I'm dating a white chick, I make sure she gets home. <laughs> Just because, in, in your mind, you're suspect. Well, yeah, I mean, like because not even, on some I, level, I feel cultu- that way. Culturally, it's reinforced. I feel, yeah. I mean, I've definitely am have terrified. You, of that. have you dealt with that that kind of uh, suspicion before in reality? Yeah, I've had, especially in Stone Mountain. I've had like yeah. I mean, how old were you? How you grew up? You you went to high school there and everything. Yeah, everything, everything was there. What now? So how long did your old man stay in the military? He wasn't there that long. I guess like I, when I was about six, he was out of it. And what you got, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got a ton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My mom was a. Fo- my parents were foster parents, and we also had adopted kids. And my mom ran a daycare. So you were. I'm the oldest. You're the oldest of how many kids? Uh, six. 
of of biological sibs? Or? No, I got a. I'm the. It's me and my brother and my yeah. sister. Yeah, we're all biological, and then we adopted a brother and a sister. Right, and we have a, a, another girl, but like she wasn't adopted, but she had been with us forever. Like she, a, like a like stray. A, yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, they call foster kids, oh, but okay. you know what? Yeah, pretty much a stray. He made it sound like, well, she showed up at the house. We started feeding her. And- <laughs> <laughs> That's not that different. My mom loves doing that. She, like, she can't say yeah. no. She can't say yeah. no to kids. Oh, really? Yeah. So does. you ended up with a household, and you and you had a daycare. Yeah, there was a daycare in the garage. So there's like 13 kids. You know, like a legal daycare, or just? <laughs> so- I, I mean, like it was illegal for a while. Then she got permits and stuff like that. And then my cousins would come over and feed them. Just like kids of every type. We every color every type you know kids every fucked up background you can think of what well, how did like were, were were a lot of them troubled kids or were I yeah mean, i mean like troubled kids we had kids with hiv when like no one knew what hiv was really yeah and and your mom was uh, was she connected to uh to the to the state so they would you know she was like in, in a sense that they would find her and, and she would volunteer to have these kids take and take care of them well my my parents were like the head of the foster parent association for a oh, while okay. so they got like the special cases like right. like they like if a kid like when we had a girl who uh, a little girl who was like her father was in the drug game and like the gang just came in and just killed her mom and dad in front of her. Oh my and god! And it was like all over the news and stuff. And like that night, it was like, yeah. and then here you the go, door, here you go. Yeah, good like luck it was with like, everything. yeah, it was uh, the big cases usually came to us. So I saw a lot of so, fucked up shit. Wow. So it, what was now? How old were you when that was going on? I was about, I guess, like eight to like. 14, 15. So were you like, were you part of the caregiving thing? I guess you couldn't help it. I mean, you're playing. I was, but I, I gotta be honest. I did not want to be like, it's just, it's hard as a kid. I feel like to like not be selfish. It's hard as a grown up. Are you kidding? And we were, I mean, and I've talked about this before. Like we were fucking, we were Jehovah witness. We were raised Jehovah witness. You were Jehovah's witnesses too. Yeah. So you had to make those rounds. Well, yeah, I, I was not, I didn't have to go out with the watchtowers. And my parent, my mom does that now. She got, she found religion again. So my little brothers and sisters are like, help us. Oh no! no. So they're they they're trekking it. around, knocking yeah. on doors, <laughs> knocking on doors. Hi, can but we talk I, to you a few minutes? <laughs> but isn't that like there's no dancing and shit too, right? It's a bunch of shit you can't do. You can't watch boxing. You can't watch really any, anything worldly. Is the worldly you can't really do? It's an evil place. Really? Yeah. And you grew up with that? Yeah. But Absolutely. so all you did, so you grew up in a house where you couldn't watch boxing, you couldn't dance, you couldn't do anything fun. No, you can't so you were con- but you were con- no girlfriends, no girlfriends. So you were just distracted. You just had a house full of kids, so it was constantly shit and feeding and <laughs> crying and breaking up fights and comedy, <laughs> trying to find one. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. When I mean, that's the way it works. Once when people say don't do it. That's what you start to do. I wasn't around to watch The Simpsons, so I recorded every Simpsons episode. I had a talk boy, so I would audio record it and listen to it in my my bed. And uh, like everything my mom told me not to do, I ended up doing. So you had to, you couldn't watch it, so you actually just record, you would listen. To I would them. listen to. Them. Where did you record them when she wasn't watching? I would turn, I would turn on the, the TV, and put make it really low when she was upstairs, and then put the microphone up to it and just leave it there. And then I'd be like doing homework, and she'd be like, "Oh, he's doing homework." When actually I was recording The Simpsons. And then I. How old were you when that was happening? I guess I was like I don't know, like ten, maybe nine. And when now now what was the the trajectory that carried you like when you graduated high school? I mean, when did you start realizing that you were gonna you know manifest your talents? I I went to a performing arts high school. My parents really wanted me. So that's that. not Jehovah's Witnesses. Here's the thing: like they weren't. Re- my parents weren't good Jehovah Witnesses until lately, right? 
Like, I think kids make it really hard to be religious. Right. Because you don't really... <laughs> you got to deal with them going, why? Yeah, why, why not? Why not? Why? Yeah, yeah. Why? You know, because it, it really does fuck up a lot of things, yeah. you know, uh, including marriages in general. Um, But I guess... So your, your folks are still married, though, right? They are. They yeah. Yeah. I think for a while it didn't look like they were going to be. <laughs> but they but, soldiered through. But they soldiered through. I mean, like, let's, let's... I mean, I think there's a certain point where you find love again, but then for a while, I think, like, there's a lull in every marriage or relationship where you're like, let's just stay together because it's a lot easier. Yeah. No, I, I, I find that happens with uh, anybody. It's, yeah. It seems monogamy is, like, relatively difficult. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, what if you grow different? What if you get tired of each other? You know, I mean, I've been through two marriages, but, I, you know... One where I got uh, tired of somebody, and then the other where she got tired of me. Do you do you think people are? Have you probably been asked this before? But do you think people are supposed to be together? Well, I don't know if you're, they're supposed to be. It's just like there, you know, there's something about commitment and loyalty and trust, and that if you can, you know, it, the real problem with it in the long run is mm-hmm. it's like you, eventually you'll get to a point and you'll go, Jesus, man, life is short. Is this what I want for the rest of it? Yeah. I mean, that's like, that's the sad part. I mean, when you're younger, you're like, I don't give a fuck. Yeah, we'll hang out, you know, and then maybe, right. but, but at some point, if you get to that place where you're like, oh no, you know, like this is the way this is going to go. Right. It doesn't look like it's going to change much one way or the other. And I don't want to, you know, I don't have much life. Yeah. So yeah. I want to live. But a lot of people don't get to that point because they're like, you know, feed the kid. Where is he? What time is? <laughs> where do we got to be at nine? When well, your life is about something else when you have a kid. That's what's. That's why I mean, like, I rap about it a lot and I joke about it because, like, I just don't. I I saw every type of like I saw sixteen year olds have kids and it just ruins everything. Like, yeah. I'm not against kids. I'm just like. It just like your kids are not about like it ruined my parents' marriage for a little bit. It's just like because you're worried about other shit, right? Like, it's just like you got to worry about these kids and like I. So I don't like that's my biggest fear is getting. Did you have pregnant. you didn't have any siblings that got pregnant young? Oh no no thank God but I think we're all like, terrified wait, in the in the in the foster kids and everything else. Yeah we oh, like all our foster kids like all their parents are like you know five years older than <laughs> like that's it. So that was a good lesson to learn. No, I learned that real quick. Kids like, will oh, fuck condoms, up your life. They will fuck up everything. They're the worst. <laughs> they are. They just fuck up everything, man. So that's the one thing you brought out of uh, being brought up in a in a in a daycare slash foster home was that use condoms. Yeah, use con- immediately. Like, if you really want to scare, if you really want to get your kid to be like safe and not have sex and shit like that, bring them to a foster home. <laughs> bring them to a foster home. Like seriously, they are kids are awful. We had kids, fuck, just kid, weird ideas. Yeah, that I'm just like, what happened? To you? We had, I had a kid one night. There was a one night a kid came in and he was just like there for like a night and he just like we were laying there and like in the, in the bunk beds and he just goes like he goes hey I was like what he was like let's rub butts <laughs> and I'm like I guess I'm like I don't know six and I just didn't know what that meant like yeah. just like it wasn't like a scared thing yeah, yeah, or yeah. You're, just, you're just like as a kid yeah your your brain is so open to new ideas because sure. everything seems fucked up at yeah, that point like yeah. you're like oh yeah the, the sun comes out every day okay yeah. that's a new idea but whatever and I was just like. I don't know what that means. He's like, yeah, let's rub. And I found out later, I was like, oh, he was molested. That's why he did that. Oh, really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, but like at the time, you're just like, okay. Uh, he just thought that was a way to communicate. Yeah, that was just uh, something you did at yeah. night. Yeah. Oh, you rub butts. You rub butts and communicate at night. Yeah, it doesn't sound like that molester was very inspired either. I know. <laughs> I mean, maybe he was like trying to work it up. Maybe yeah, they yeah, thwarted him before yeah, he got yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. Right. Like, oh, all, all I did was the butt rub. Yeah, he was just at phase one. Was phase yeah. one of the molesting. <laughs> that's, that's horrible. <laughs> Poor kid. I know. <laughs> that, 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 so you dealt with the, like sexually abused kids and everything. Huh? Every man, I saw everything. It so was, when you went to Performance Arts High School, where was that? That was in Stone Mountain. That was in, I guess, like 
down. You had to now, what is it? What was the uh, the racial breakdown of the area? I mean, where where was it half and half or what? It's Atlanta in general is mostly black. I'd say it's probably, it's like so it's close s- to Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Okay. Like it's like it's, it's a suburb. The suburbs of Atlanta. Okay. Like I, the more the closer I know Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. yeah, it's like sixty six percent black. So yeah. So what was the when you went to performance art high school in Atlanta? What was it like? It was mostly. Was black. it like fame? It was mostly black. It was mostly black, black, uh, which was interesting because it, it was like in a kind of like a white neighborhood. But like, yeah, it was mostly black. Most of the kids are there. It wasn't like fame. It was just mostly like a lot of black males having to pretend they're straight. <laughs> like that was mo- like most. I mean, it was the only it, for interest. It was like, oh, it's good that they have a haven, because so, you what? don't. There's nowhere you can't be black and a male, and gay, and gay in anywhere. Atlanta, anywhere <laughs> hardly, but definitely not in Atlanta. <laughs> like it was rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, so so were they were all just, in your mind. They were just closeted and comfortable because they could act the way they felt. Well, or they were. You know, it was just like the. I think it was like the only place where you could meet another black black gay. Guy oh shit! And be okay. Like it's just like because the 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 black community in Atlanta is so tied to church, right? That uh, you you can't be gay there. So it's right. like, well, you think that the community was like, you know, well, he seems a little effeminate. Let's get him over. Get him to into form. No, I think it's usually like the, I don't know. I feel like that's what, you know, the down low, right? Yeah. I, that's like, well, I mean, I don't, yeah, yeah, I, I know it, but I mean, I'm not living it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. Then I don't have uh, any question. <laughs> I don't have a question. Uh, right. So the download plays into it's this. like huge in Atlanta. Like that. That's why they have such a high, like HIV rate there is because you the gay dudes there just don't say they're gay. They're just like, oh yeah, I'm not gay. I just fuck dudes. Yeah. And I do it unprotected because it's not gay. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's a different world. That's, it's a different that's, world. That's planet fuck dudes. Yeah. That's so it's a- actually good that you know they're able to go to form because like at least they're able to say I'm gay. And then they can like take the proper like steps as opposed to like. But I don't think that's why the people push. I think they were just like, oh, he's he re- he's oh he's really good in this play, you <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, 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 <laughs> he's yeah. like, oh, he's really he's got a talent. Like, well, what were you doing over there? I mean, was there a point where you ever on the precipice uh, of that? I there was a point where I thought I was gay. Yeah, only because like people kept saying I was. <laughs> like I always I always like girls. Like I always like right. I was always like oh man I jerked right. off so much. Yeah. To like, uh, what was it? White Palace, that movie with Susan Sarandon. Like, oh man, that was like my that was my thing. In Tony Braxton videos, and I always liked girls, but it was just like I was Susan at a Sarandon and Tony Braxton. I really, yeah, that yeah. was it. That, that was, was it. good. That's good. Those are good, right? Yeah, uh, I still do Susan Sarandon. She's yeah, good. sure. She's yeah. so gorgeous. I, didn't, uh, I think you might have a shot. <laughs> yeah, she just. Oh, she got a divorce. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah reach um, out. <laughs> uh, I no, but I did uh, because. It was just like, if you're, first of all, as a black male, if you like anything that's not like considered like quote unquote like street or hood, like someone's yeah. like, what's wrong? Right. But also I was like taking ballet because they forced you to take ballet in mm-hmm. those class. And like, I was just surrounded by other gay dudes. So, and people were just like, oh yeah, you're gay, you're gay, you're gay. And and also the thing was, everybody was okay with it there. Yeah. Everybody was like, it's okay. You're not ready to come out yet. So I was like, maybe I am. Yeah. So yeah. I like thought about it for a long time. And then, but no. I just no. What do you really? Think? Yeah, <laughs> that's very funny. Off when, Susan Sarandon. There you go. But it's very funny that that because gay dudes, you know, sometimes I mean I don't want to generalize, mm-hmm. but if they, you know, if they 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 will say that to you. Yeah. Like, you're, especially if they're if you're around a lot of them, it's like oh you're just uh, you're just waiting. Yeah. <laughs> you're just you're not ready yet. <laughs> if you need help, you know, let me know. <laughs> what was the curriculum like? It was uh, it was basically the same curriculum instead of but instead of like the. 
uh, the extracurricular and the like PE, like yeah. I guess like physical, they would replace that with dance and whatever else you wanted. Like so, dance and art. Or Were you into it? I. I wasn't initially. My parents, I, I was supposed to go to this gifted school that my parents went, but I, I couldn't get in because it was already filled. So they were like, we don't want you going to the, the, the neighborhood school because it was shitty. Right. So uh, you'll go to this one, which was in a better neighborhood. And I didn't like it. And I, I was already, I was getting picked on already. And so, like, where I was. For what? For being like, just, you know, just people just call me. I, I was just a weird black. I, not even a black. Like, if I was white, it yeah. would have been fine. Yeah. But I was black. And yeah. liked corn. Yeah. So kids just like picked on me. It was really? Weird. Yeah. I was just like. Black kids? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Mostly. that was a situation. But white kids too. Yeah. Like that, I was like, it's just like, what, what's wrong with you? Kind Did of you thing. ever come up against that situation where, where black kids were sort of like, why are you acting like that? Absolutely. That was that was my whole existence. And like, like I felt like. What were the what were the primary uh, outside of corn? What were the other criticisms? Like, well, just like, you know, the obvious, like, why do you talk white? Yeah. You don't have an accent. You know? Yeah. My my parents were like that. Uh, Your parents what? said that to you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my parents got like, "What's wrong with you? <laughs> Eat your chicken!" God damn it! Uh, no, I, my my parents are from the north, right. so they didn't have a southern accent. Right. But also, they were very you know like straight. Like, like they didn't they didn't adopt. I guess what people some people consider like the black right. experience or culture. So they just you know talk. I, I guess like white quote unquote. And I was always like, "Why you talk white?" Uh, why do you dress white? I wouldn't. I wouldn't have dressed that way. But my parents, they just take you to J C Penney Outlet and just be like, "This is what you're wearing," right. you know, kind of thing. And we were Jehovah Witness, right? So I wasn't exposed to. I wasn't allowed to watch a lot of things that I guess were connected to black so, culture. Oh, oh. So I'm just all. I was just really messed up. So you just took your mom's word for it. Yeah, I just took my mom's. Just word wear for it. this general clothing. <laughs> There'll be no baggy pants for you. Wear this Arizona jeans that I like. Oh, that's hilarious. So you like were not even tapped in throughout most of your adolescence to black culture to even have a uh uh like something to judge it against. No, yeah. There was, oh, that's amazing. I didn't know. You couldn't watch fucking TV? No. I that wasn't, is I wasn't fucking insane. It was probably life saving. I in some weird way. Because like when I when I see you, like when I watch community, which I love and I think you're hilarious on, Thanks. and even just watching you uh you know perform music for a few minutes, you, you have a very sort of unfiltered talent thing going on. Like, you know, it's not hinged to to black, it's not hinged to something I've seen before. You're just kind of uh, electric and you can sort of bring yourself to everything. Thanks. And I think that a lot of that might be attributed to the fact that you weren't cluttered. I mean, there's something about not being cluttered with pop culture for your entire adolescence that may have enabled you to find this broader identity. I think it was, it was probably a lot to do with that, but also, like, my dad was such a, a weirdo. My dad is, like, I guess, like, the original black nerd. Like, he's just, like, when we were kids, like, all he would do was blast Prince and Kraftwerk and Funkadelic. Oh that was God. it. So, like, I would, I would love that. Prince, you know, like Kraftwerk, that. And, and Funkadelic. That was it. He just, Funkadelic was like his thing like his escape because he it, it's weird like craft work is really the one you know one of these things is not like the other but if you kind of think about it you know funkadelic and craft work not that not that apart. no they yeah. use the same synth sound yeah yeah, yeah but like he he kind of he had the same thing as me like it was this weird thing where like you know, everybody would just call him a faggot all the time but because he liked craft work as a black dude <laughs> really yeah black dudes call each other faggots when they're in their 40s too <laughs> yes which is <laughs> fucked up right oh, no. he's a yes they yes they do uh, 
but but for weird reasons. Yeah. Like I like I, feel, craft I feel like you have to work extra hard as a white dude to be called a faggot. Like, hey, it depends where you're at. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. There's you're in Boston. Gonna, there's, yeah. He's like, what? You, you like hot dogs? What are yeah. you a faggot? Yeah. There's always going to be the group of dudes that calls you a faggot. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Whoever. You know. It depends. Yeah. But I I wasn't cl- my dad would expose me to that stuff, but also I wasn't cl- my I loved like the Muppets, which I was allowed to see, and Looney Tunes. Yeah. That was it. Like so, cartoons and shit. When did you start realizing you were funny? After ballet? I mean, at some point in the middle of ballet class, did you realize this is ridiculous? This is ridiculous. <laughs> no, I guess I, I I was... Like, seventh grade was like a really bad year for me. Like, I was getting picked on a lot. That, that was the year right before I went to the performing arts high school. Okay. So I was still in my neighborhood school. Yeah. And... I got picked on a lot and I was really trying to fit in because I just didn't want it. I just hated going to school. Like I, sometimes I would pretend to be sick and stuff like, right. I just hated it. Yeah. And towards the end of that year, I realized, cause I had nothing, like I had nothing. Cause a lot of seven, a lot of being a high school kid is just like identifying like the music you're into and the TV you're watching stuff like that. Cause kids were talking about living color. And right. Like, Oh, did you see that sketch? And I was, and I had to, and I used to pretend like, oh, yeah, that was really funny. And then they'd be like, you didn't see it. You're right. Jehovah Witness, you know, like that. So I realized, oh, they're always talking about that. Maybe if I'm funny. So towards the end of seventh grade, I started being funny. Like on your own. On my own. Just to protect yourself. Protect against- myself. And it worked. And that's what happened. And then like when I went to the performing arts high school, I was already like being funny. I started writing plays, like short plays. Uh-huh. Like I would read like short plays and I and I realized later, oh, those were just sketches. Right. But yeah, that's when it started happening. That's fucking profoundly interesting to me that like all these kids were so tapped into, you know, what the comedy culture of the time was and talking about this and you couldn't engage. So you're <laughs> like, well, maybe if I just get funny, I'll get my own attention. Yeah. I mean, and it was like that at home, too. Was that a conscious thing, or is that just something you figured out in retrospect? No, it was conscious. Because I, I wanted attention also from my parents. Right. And they, but they were always giving we attention to the kids. We had a thousand the, kids. Yeah, the kids. Yeah, HIV Like a yeah. kid who was molested. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. he kind of needs the attention a little bit more. Oh, that's that's kind of interesting. Like you, were put, like you were put in the second, uh, you were a second stringer because you had these charity kids yeah. all over the place. And they got a bunch of shit, too. Like the the... the they would get like gifts for th- for Christmas and stuff yeah. from the state, and we were Jehovah Witness, so we didn't get anything. So it just seemed like a layer upon layer of them getting everything and right. not getting anything. Oh, that's horrible to be put in the position <laughs> to actually, uh, you know, be resentful of HIV. <laughs> of kids. HIV kids, <laughs> yeah, I'm tired just of these be like, fucking. Oh, sh- or it. just like you're sitting there, like I wish I had fucking HIV. Yeah, <laughs> then I could get a Power Ranger. <laughs> yeah, these these AIDS babies are taking my food. <laughs> They, these AIDS babies really got it made. Oh, that's fucking horrendous. They really got it made. Yeah. I, I, I find this all fascinating because like, I was one of those people when I, you know, when I first started uh, seeing you around, I couldn't tell whether or not, you know, you were like, cause I know you're doing stand up, mm-hmm. but it didn't seem like that was the first thing you did. Yeah. And I mean, you're good stand up, but I mean, it, it seemed wasn't. like, yeah, I had just, I started literally the stand up thing started because we were doing improv and we were doing sketch and then I moved to Long Island City in New York, and there was a place called the Creek in a Cave that was down the street. And I met the the owner, Rebecca, and she was like, I like your Derek stuff. If you want to do anything here, we have a stage. And I was like, you know. You know who What's gets- the Derek stuff? Derek was like, Derek comedy was like sketch comedy that had gotten. All right, well, let's get back from, let's get to there, from the performance arts. So you graduate. I graduate. And then you moved to New York. I moved to New York. I was like, I got to get the fuck out of here. But was your, was your agenda like, you know, I'm going to fucking be on SNL. I'm going to, what was the, what was the agenda? I wanted, I always, I always wanted to do, I actually 
went to NYU for playwriting. Oh, so you went like, to NYU? Yeah, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go playwright. I got like a scholarship for the first year, and I was like, I'll figure it out for the second year. You got a scholarship from the Performance Art High School? What, for uh, the no, work from, you did? I, I, I got one, I wrote an essay, I got a couple of- What was the, the essay on? The essay was on, uh, <laughs> I think it was like a Coca-Cola, like I had to write about Coca-Cola and the arts or something. Really? Yeah, it was something. How, why Why that? How do you get- Because Coca-Cola is in from Atlanta, Atlanta. yeah. yeah. And they just give money to. Oh, like, so it was a Coca Cola scholarship? Yeah, it was something like that. Or I'm trying to remember what scholarship, but it wasn't a lot of money. All right. But, uh, but NYU. But Coca Cola gave you some money? Some money. Oh, that's all uh, right. That's all right. Real essay. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I, I just wanted to get out of Atlanta, and I went. I was like, oh, I'll be a playwright because I just. It was one of those things that a lot of people weren't doing, and they give you more money because no one's doing it. Right. So, We've got uh, a few slots open. Yeah, yeah. So no one's doing playwriting, so they'll give you a lot of money to and do And you it. hadn't written plays, really? I had written plays in, in high school. But, but those were sketches, we decided. Yeah, they were like five-minute plays right. about like dude. So you get into the playwriting program at NYU yeah. as an undergrad. As an undergrad. And, and then somebody was like, I, I literally was like, I was walking down the hall, and someone was like, hey, you should audition for this Hammercast thing. The auditions are happening right now, which is a sketch group that was starting at NYU. And I was like, you know, I was starved for friendship, so I was like, yeah. Yeah, I'll do it with you. And I auditioned and I got in. And who was in that? Anyone we know? Uh, DC Pearson, who was in Derek Comedy. Uh, uh, and you did the movie with him. Yeah, and Dominic Durkis, they were in it, and uh, we—that's where we all met the, together. And in uh, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza was in the film department at, at Tish, and we we actually didn't know each other until later. But she like Dom. Uh, Dan Ekman, who directed the film, was in classes with her and knew her. And now, like, did oh, you write any full-length plays? Yeah. I wrote a really weird one. Actually, that was my thesis project. Who were your guys, playwrights? I, that, I, like, I like Tom Stopper, but you know, everybody does. Yeah. Uh, Tom Stopper, David Ives. Uh, oh, you know, um, the guy who wrote Fences. August Wilson. Yep. Uh, yeah, and uh, Edward Albee. Oh yeah, yeah, I liked him. So you were in it, like you were, like you I were was going like, yeah, to I'm plays. Gonna, I'm gonna be a playwright. You're going, going to plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you saw a lot of shitty plays. I saw a lot of shit. <laughs> I was fascinated with playwriting. You know, when I was, I wrote a play when I was in college. I used to love Sam Shepard, and I, and it, it always struck me like playwriting seemed like this free zone that like. I mean, there was a context to it, but you could do some pretty wild shit. Yeah. What was your play about, your thesis project? Mine was based on a story that somebody had told me about uh, Salvador Dali. Yeah. Was that uh, Salvador Dali, Dali had a brother who was born before him. Yeah. Who died. Yeah. And then Salvador Dali was born, and he looked like just like him. So his parents were like... It's the same kid. You so he grew up with this idea. His parents would dress him the same and be like, "You can't die. We already right. had you. You can't right. die." So he grew up with this idea. You can't die. So I wrote this kind of horror play where um, there was a lynching that happened in this southern thing, and the boys, the boy's father, put a curse on everybody in the town, right. so that the mothers would have these son, these sons that would die when they were eight, and they would get pregnant again, and they would just keep having kids. So like there were like sixty, seventy year old women having sons. Wow. And they would die every time they were eight. Did you did you put it up? Yeah, it was well it was red. They had a reading. You never produced I it? I never produced it. Well now Because I was kind of over playwriting at that point. I just had to do it for Well it time. sounds like a pretty uh, heady, heavy, interesting play. Maybe now with your uh, your 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 celebrity and success it's time to put that <laughs> it's time play. It's to put up. that play. It's yeah. kind of I mean it's not great. You know, what was it <laughs> what was like, it called? 
I don't even remember. remember. I don't even remember. Like, I just, I mean, I liked the play. It was like, well, that's like one of those things. Like, that sounds like a play. I mean, what are you going to do with that? I mean, it'd be an interesting movie. It almost sounds like a like a a morality play or a story of some kind that's supposed to have some kind of. Yeah, some sort of meaning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but that's the thing that everything in colleges, I think, when you make it, it's just kind of like, it feels like it should be a thing, but it's not. It's just like, oh, I followed this homeless dude around for a year. What is it about? I don't know, but it feels heavy, right? You know? But I'm not sure that that that's not the reality of it. I think that a lot of people are just full of shit and, the, and some people get lucky and they they you know all the stars align right and he's a genius <laughs> and if you ask them like well why'd you write that like i don't know it was fucking weird they don't say that they said well if you really look at the culture at that time we were dealing with these schisms and like, whatever <laughs> that's true i mean like i wanted to I, with the play i mean it wasn't was, funny though it there were some parts of it that were that got laughs because like i really was like getting more in tune with like comedy when the 70 year old woman is like not another not- one <laughs> <laughs> he was like, yeah, there's one part where he goes, here we go again. And he looks right into the play camera. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I just wanted to do some, do like weird stuff, but it, it worked out, I guess. You and a lot of times you do that for attention, right? Yeah. To be, I do just a lot be of weird. attention. But I mean, I, we, we all do, especially when you're arty. You're yeah. like, you know, like, I don't know what it means. It's weird. It's hard to do weird shit now. Yeah, because uh, it, usually internet. it has to be funny. Yeah. You know, or else it's not going to, you, you know what I mean? No one's going to buy that bullshit. <laughs> You know, no. So, yeah. so okay. So when you when you joined the sketch group, that's when you just started focusing on comedy. Uh, yeah, I joined the sketch group, and then uh, I wrote. I, I think the turning point was like I wrote something called like Black Peter Pan, and I remember thinking like this isn't gonna do well, but I just thought it was like kind of weird and funny, <laughs> and it was just like the idea of just like Black Peter, like Peter Pan came in. Yeah. Wow, this now I'm, it's weird. I haven't thought about it in a long time. It's like there's a lot of parallels to the Black Spider Man thing, but like he came in. And immediately, like they're judging him. They're yeah. like, well, "How did you get in our house? Right. What do you do?" <laughs> like, why? Well, like, immediately, like the it just changes are, everything. The kids are nervous. Yeah, the kids are nervous. <laughs> like they're like, "Uh, I don't remember." Like it was just like this whole thing of like, "Yeah, if Peter Pan was black, would you really trust him as much?" And like, <laughs> that's uh, hilarious. So I wrote that, and that changed everything because like people were like, "Oh, this is really funny." Uh, this I could see this on SNL, and like I was like, "Oh, you can get paid to do comedy." Like that was right. I never thought of that. So yeah, that was the turning point. And and did you? How did things change for you then? I just started doing it like a a, a ton. Like I, I I went home and wrote every night. Like I was like obsessed with it. And then uh, I just we I ended up like directing the sketch group, and then yeah, we started making videos. Me, Dominic DC, and Maggie. Uh, and Dan Ekman and we started making Derek videos on YouTube and those got really popular and then uh, from that I indirectly I got the job on 30 Rock and that's how it became that's interesting because the only other person I talked to that had that same thing was Aubrey yeah that you know there was this weird moment in in entertainment history where everyone thought it was all going to the internet yeah and people were were spending money on the internet, and that didn't necessarily pan out. But in that in that moment, mm-hmm. you know, casting people and agents said, "Well, who's that guy?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what happened? That's. I mean, I was doing a lot of stuff on my own, and we were on YouTube and stuff like that. So, like, a lot of people were paying attention. It was weird. It they, they everybody had this kind of like. I don't know, like this kind of weird, and I'm finding a lot of this is happening with my music career too, where they're like, "There's something there," right? But we don't want to touch it until someone else wants to touch it. 
Well, like, yeah, yeah. No it, one wants to take the blame. No one wants to take. No one puts the, wants to put their dick on the line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's the and that's the and and I get it. It's fair. Like it. Some for you to really push somebody, you have to really. That's why I give Tina Fey all this credit. She like she hired me and she did not have. How to. did she? How did that come about though? Just I mean, she saw what you were doing on YouTube. Owen Burke was my teacher at UCB. Owen Burke told Amy Poehler that I was like, oh, this guy's writing, and I heard you're looking for like a writer through the grapevine, and then Amy Poehler told Tina, like, yeah, this kid is writing. And I think it was also, I lived in New York already, and they yeah. didn't want to have to fly anybody else out for 30 Rocks. So you were just a writer? Yeah. It was just, I was a writer who, who was already living in New York, and I think was just like young, and they, because like, and was writing. And but usually writers are sort of schlumpy, <laughs> mostly Jewish. Yeah, I think maybe. And here this like, you know, this, you know, this bright, good looking black kid. <laughs> they didn't, they, there was no talk of you being in the cast immediately. I think, I think Tina Fey just wanted, she's really good. I think she just knows like, especially being at SNL was just like, you know, the room can't be just all Harvard dudes. And Jews. Yeah, I mean, and Jews. <laughs> I mean, Jews, Jews, yeah, Harvard dudes and Jews. Yeah. Which sounds like a band I want to be in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she she always was like, you know, she mixed it up a lot. And right. like the guys in that room were like, I think, like a very diverse group. So I think she just wanted more diversity. How long did you write on the show? Three years. Really? Yeah, first three. Holy shit. So you were like a, just a comedy writer. Yeah, that was it. I was, and I was happy, man. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, I, was, I wanted to be a comedy writer. I was like, oh, I wanted to write. And I was on this show that comedians respected. Yeah. And all these, like, guys, guys who wrote on Frasier and stuff, all these shows were on there. And I was like, I'm a comedy writer. This is what I want. So were you doing stand-up at all yet? I, had, I started doing stand-up the second year because I was like, oh, writing these long hours is like that. And who got you into it? Like Judah or somebody? Who, who kind of brought you in? I always liked watching Chris Rock and stuff like that. Yeah. And then one of the ways I got on uh, 30 Rock was I, I did this this Chris Rock internship at Comedy Central and I got to meet him. Right. And he was talking about comedy and the, the you know I, all with all my stuff I always liked the truth stuff and he was just like yeah he's like if you tell the truth in a way that people aren't ready for you'll always get a laugh and that stuck with me like it was like it's true like every time he that's talks, interesting he was like every time he talks I, he was like a sermon i was like that whole niggas versus black people thing yeah, i was yeah. like amazing like that, i was like oh yeah that's something that everybody kind of felt that was a career defining bit yeah i mean that was the bit that was the bit and it was just like and and it was something that i think people had thought but was just afraid to do well i think what's interesting is like the people that thought it were black people yeah i i don't know that 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 i think that was a whole new lens for white people but I <laughs> really think, yeah in a way I, I i think that that what was really amazing about it was he was really talking about the black community, almost specifically for the black community in a way. I mean, when he did it, I was just telling somebody, this, when he did it, it, he did it like the way my aunt did it. Right. Because my aunt would always be like, these fucking niggas at the bank, it fucking pissed Like, she would just get so right. mad. It was, I think it was an it was un frustrated thing of just like, I'm trying to do something good. Yeah. And you're bringing me down. Right. And I get lumped in with you guys well i think that's like, like i think that that was what made it a fucking amazing bit was that it was something unspoken or understood yeah. in the black community and i don't think that white people ever saw that struggle yeah within yeah. the yeah. black community and they're like holy shit you know they're, yeah. they're and, uh, sadly part of their minds is like they have problems with them too <laughs> <laughs> 
it's the same which which yeah. was his thing which was made it funny like, right it well was it's, like, that's the he was genius like, i wish i he's like when he does like man i wish they'd let me join the ku klux klan i was like that's such a like crazy thing yeah. to hear but you're like oh, i get that struggle of like trying to be like we're trying to do something yeah that's know? that's amazing and yeah so did he have any part in you starting to do stand-up other than inspiring you yeah i mean not, i mean yeah he just inspired me i mean no one how'd you do your first gigs though where'd you go up and you know who was uh, creek in the cave like oh we, so you were just doing like a small it literally was this thing of me dc and dominic had done a little stand-up but like we were like we can't do we can't do we can't do sketches because we we do them online and what's the point of doing them on stage we can't do improv we're already doing that ucb we have this we have this stage where no one's doing anything have you guys tried stand-up before not really let's try stand-up and we'll host it every sunday and it really forced me to do like new material every sudden because the same people would come and you do story style stand up yeah yeah so I just tell I just started telling stories about being when I was a kid and it just it felt really freeing like, yeah well I think that it's it's sort of fascinating because even me that I think everybody has a strange expectation like you said at the beginning of the interview out of a black comic or a black voice yeah and I think that the the whole black nerd thing. Is is legitimate and it's been around for a while, but it was pretty small group. Yeah, like you know when you talk about your dad, it was like he was like one of the original black nerds. <laughs> I mean, because I still have a moment where I'm like I'm 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 sort of uh, surprised. Yeah, when when you see a black nerd at a, at a comic book convention or at the comic <laughs> book store, you're like, oh, well, this is interesting. They're out there, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird, and I didn't even think that was. I think that's the thing. Like you didn't. I think black nerds see themselves differently until they get like a little older. Like you just kind of realize, cause like you, you're just at the, you're like, oh, I'm the only kid at the Suvion Stevens. I'm the only black kid at the Suvion <laughs> Stevens concert. Like, and, and you don't really think of it. Cause like a lot of black nerds are around a lot of white guys. Cause like, it's just like even in the improv, you know, like comedy community, like improv, there are no black guys doing improv. I'm the only black guy I see at UCB doing improv all the time. Like I, I say, oh, there's this one group of black guys, but even that is like there's a group and they're all black and it's that's a statement. Yeah, and it and it sucks because they're not trying to be a statement. Right, it's the same thing as like Obama. It's like right. no matter what he does, he'll never be just a president. Right, he'll be a statement, and I think he gets that, and and I think they get that when they're doing improv. But it's just like trying to move past that and be like, okay, now that we're past the statement of like, oh my god, this black person watches Archer, like, can we? do comedy now you know well yeah well that's the whole thing about about the color line in general is yeah. that you know that it no matter how much lip service is paid to it you know not that some people like i don't see you know black or white yeah yeah, yeah. culturally there's no way not to given where we come from right and and so when 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 someone is actually acting that you know in a way that's just you know like a person or or just in, <laughs> yeah. you know, like and there's no color identity to it exactly people are like i don't get it yeah, 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 yeah. It's like I don't understand what what's going on, which is such a weird thing. Yeah, it's so fucking weird. Yeah, and you deal with that a lot. Yeah, still now. I. I Why do you think there's no black improv actors? Well, I mean, there's got to be some, but in a general sense, honestly, because they're not. They're, there's no exposure to it. Like people think. Like I think a lot of people think. Like for I, I think that's changing now, but a lot of people are like, oh, black people sell drugs and want to play basketball because they that's in them and it's like no it's because they're poor yeah like that's the thing like a lot all those racial things that usually come up are it's money stuff like always it's oh, yeah, always yeah. money right, stuff right. it's like it's always, like black people think like black people when people say like i don't like black people 
they usually when you it's like why when they say the stuff you're like oh no you don't like poor shitty people yeah not not that poor people are shitty right but poor people who do shitty stuff right who are driven or, into crime yeah and, yeah, and driven know. into stuff like that yeah. like that's that's what you don't like it's like if everybody if every black person you met was will smith you're like i fucking love black people they're charming <laughs> they're tall oh man they're rich like you know you that's the thing well, it's we all live about in money a, we live in a country that doesn't talk about class ever ever which is weird yeah that, in no, europe it's always about class. Well, yeah well it's a, that's the history of their politics you know but here like it's just never discussed it's, it's always never. it's always race it's always race yeah. which i'm just I, I loved going to paris yeah it was the first time they were like oh you're black and american yeah wow we love they, you. it was american yeah. first that's yeah. the thing it was never here it's always like oh black kid black yeah. kid black yeah. there they were like what are you are you egyptian are you american yeah like that i was like i'm american they're like oh they love black americans yeah. over there oh love yeah them. yeah without they, paris or they have know. a long tradition of that sure yeah jazz yeah. and everything yeah yeah i mean a lot, there were uh yeah there was a lot of uh a lot of black expatriates just you know stayed in paris so yeah. they could play music you know jazz music like there's so much of that shit there yeah there's an interesting story uh i'll, I'll show it to you after by terry southern it's funny but um all right so then what happens uh you do I, you write for three years and how do you get the on-camera shot i um i did a couple of standing stuffs at 30 rock just like they were just like i'll oh, do this bit do this bit and it was fine uh i think the thing that really stood i was like there was a table read where tracy couldn't make it because he was having kids. How'd you get along with Tracy? I liked him a lot. I, he's just, you know, he's crazy, man. He <laughs> like, is, he's, he's crazy. fucking nuts. Yeah. And like, you know, sometimes... It's so, like, so funny, though. And the great thing about it is, is like, I kind of like the way Tina treats him because she's old. Like, Tracy knows that people are like, oh, it's Tracy. Give him a pass. She's like, no, fuck that. Like, Tracy, he, she's like, you're a grown man. I'm going to treat you like a fucking grown man. She like, would say that? I mean, like, well, That she, was the attitude? I mean, that was the attitude. And like, yeah. it is like, yeah, like, a lot of people, she's the most not racist person ever. Because yeah. I feel like a lot of people, like, and Tracy uses this. That's the thing. Tracy's aware. Like, he's yeah. not dumb. He's yeah. aware. He's like, I'm going to act crazy and, like, have this whole black thing going. Yeah. And people, white people will be like, ah, like, yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. And Tina's like, fuck that. <laughs> like, yeah, she's yeah. like, no, no, you're grown man. And like, you know, I think she's also very astute at seeing what people's strengths are. I yeah. think she knows how to write for him. She definitely got him. Yeah. Like I think him him and Andrew Steele, yeah. her and Andrew Steele got him and yeah. got his voice and understood why he was funny. And I got I love Tracy. I thought he I thought he was really good. He just he he does uh physical bits. Yeah. Like I've never like that whole patting the head, like like that yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. like your mom does when she has cornrows. Like yeah, he, yeah. I would see that and be like, oh my yeah. God. You know, like I was like, holy, that was such a language I didn't know existed. Yeah. But he does physical bits like no other. And he really got the comedy of the stuff, you know, that we were writing. And he's not afraid before. to be sort of the brunt of the joke, which yeah. is, that's a, that's a, that's a powerful comedy place. Which, yeah. To be able to be a little humiliated. Yeah, he's yeah. fine with that. Yeah, he's hilarious. I've, I've, you know, when I used to see him before he did SNL or anything, he was all, you never, you, anytime he'd step into a situation, you're like, oh, now we're on planet Tracy. I know, <laughs> where's this going to go? <laughs> What's going to happen? Because you know it's not going to end. Like, it's yeah. always, yeah. it's always. You're always going to lose your footing. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so you did a few on camera bits. And I did, a, I was, it was a table read where Tracy couldn't make it. So I stood in and I did my Tracy impression, and uh, Marcy Klein was there. Yeah, and she was Marcy like, Klein is a producer of SNL, SNL and yeah, yeah, been around forever. Yeah, and she was like, "That was good," and then she was like, "You should audition for SNL," and I was like, "Okay." Uh, so I started. I auditioned twice while I was still on Thirty Rock. 
Mm-hmm. And also, we the film that Derek made called Mystery Team went to Sundance that year, too. Right. So a lot of stuff was happening for me, not writing-wise. And the thing about 30 Rock, and writing in general, like, I've never seen it any other way, maybe because I've just been on shows with, like, anal people. But, yeah. like, you're there all the time. Yeah. Like, I just felt like, and, like, every, like, it was just... It takes everything out of you. Yeah. Everything. Like, my relationship... I was with this girl I thought I was going to marry. That relationship went south. Like, a lot of, like, people were having relationship problems. Like, it's because you were always, always at, at 30 Rock. Yeah, it's like and being a up, doctor. Yeah, you, There's no going home. There's no going home. You're right. on call. Right. We Sometimes we would go home and get, you know, called, like, oh, we're going to meet up at Tina's. You go there, like, late at night, stay there until, like, four in the morning. So, like, it's just... It was a lot. What was an emergency that needed that kind of treatment? Like, the, a, like a censor didn't, had a problem or they had to rework a script or what? Uh, like usually it was just kind of like the table read went bad. Oh, right. Like, like so you, you had to fix it. You have to fix it. Sometimes start off from you know page one and just oh. fix it together. And it was just like, oh, so we're just gonna have a twenty five hour right day, and that would usually be it. And then so all that stuff was happening while this job that is taking everything was going on. And I kind of realized I was like, it isn't. It, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Like this guy Jack Bird who wrote for the show, like his his. His uh, daughter had triplets, yeah. and he was gone two days, yeah. and I was asking for like seven days for like the Sundance thing, and like I was like, that's not fair, you know? Right. So uh, around the third year, I was like, you know, I, I just asked, I was like, I, I, I can I gracefully bow out just because I, I want to do other stuff? You said that to Tina? Yeah, I said that to Tina and Robert. I asked them if it was okay if I left, and they were like, go for it. Yeah, well, because you knew that you had a bigger talent, that I, you could do more than right. I mean, I didn't know. I just, I honestly, I was so, just so in love with stand-up. I right. just wanted to do stand-up. Oh, really? I thought, I really, I was like, because we, all the, you know that mass exodus everybody made of New York to LA yeah. a couple of years it ago? It happens every few years. Yeah. <laughs> so like, so everybody was just moving and we were like, we should go to LA too. All the jobs are there. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to fucking quit 30 Rock and then we'll go to LA and I'll start doing stand-up and then auditioning. And literally, after, like a, two weeks after I quit. Uh, the Russo brothers had seen Mystery Team, which was the movie that went to Sundance, and they were like, oh, we might have a part for you in this community thing, so you should audition. Wow. And I got it, yeah. It's interesting because, you know, out of these shows, there's certain types of shows, like, you know, 30 Rock's very specific. It's yeah. very comedy-packed. Yeah. You know, it's a show that's designed to be funny, and the characters are relatively broad but very grounded. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, with community... It's a similar thing. I've talked to Harmon, but you know, it's all about you know laughs, but you know, without and it's not about cheap laughs, but it's right. about going to any extreme, extreme to get, to get the, the laugh. laugh. Yeah, and and hopefully that extreme is creative as possible. Right. So you're sort of accustomed to that from coming from Thirty Rock. Yeah. Now, were you also on the writing staff at at Community? Do you write? No, no, I don't write on Community. I could not write for that show. Why? It's fucking hard, man. Like, first of all, Dan Harmon is a genius, but he is actually. but also like insane. Yeah, and he's insane in that he wants everything to be perfect and like he need and I and I don't know if I could live up. I don't want to like he likes me, and I love and I like I like him. A lot. I love him. Like I think the the vision that he has is really crazy. Like, yeah, and really specific. And I I really enjoy that about people who create stuff. And I don't. I would never want to fall out of his good graces. That's like that's like my biggest fear. Like I well, feel like if I wrote for that show, I wouldn't be good enough. Well, he's one of those guys that is so fucking hard on himself. Yeah. That every, and he's so brilliant that everybody around him is just sort of like I. I, I, I want to make him happy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I want him to like. If like that's the thing. Like I. And that's. But that gets the best stuff out of you. Like I. 
I work well under that too, but it's the stress. At Thirty Rock, it was the same thing. Like they all they all run. I just think the way Lauren runs shit, yeah. which is like I'm not gonna say anything until I say something. Right. And so everybody's got this. Hey, Daddy, I, I made this. Like, it, how, do you like it? Like everyone's got the same. And we were the same way with fucking Robert and Tina. Like, well, what happened to those auditions at SNL? You didn't make the cut. No, no, neither time. And you didn't. Did you go talk to Lauren? Did you have that experience? I talked to Lauren, yeah. We, me and Bobby Moynihan, who ended up getting on the show, both like talk, had the talk with Lauren before you get the call, like right. you're on All right. uh, the same day. And what Lauren, did he say to you? So, you're interesting. You, <laughs> it was a lot like that. Yeah. It was like about nothing. Let me look at you. Like, mm. <laughs> like it, it was, it's kind of like in the Matrix where they go to see the, the, the Oracle <laughs> yeah. and she doesn't say much. She's just yeah. kind of like, you want a cookie? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like your hair. Like you're, she's like, she's doing something. You're like, yeah. am I doing yeah. it right? I know. No. Yeah, yeah. Am I standing? Can I make my eyes do something different? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, they, well it certainly turned out all right for you. Now, how did you like, because I talked to Harmon about like one of the things that really stands out for me on community is that relationship you have with Pootie. Yeah. Uh, that, you, you know, that there's definitely some sort of dynamic you guys have created with each other. Does that just, and I know he writes for you too to work off each other a lot, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. I mean, it's almost like a comedy team dynamic. We, it's weird. We get each other really well. Like we just, He's always like, I feel like we just have this kind of thing where like, I know what he's going to do. You do. I just do. Like, I just know what he's going to do and I know how he's going to react. And like, we kind of mess with each other while we're doing it. Like, it's just like a fun, it's just. It's so fast. I mean, you guys are so fast. I don't know why it works that way. I think we have similar backgrounds in a weird way. Like, he's like, you know, everybody always thought he was Indian and he he speaks Polish. Uh Uh-huh. But he's because he's half Polish. He's half Polish. And he kind of, he was, you see a soccer picture. He's the only like Indian kid. Uh-huh. And, like, he kind of grew up the same way I did where it's like, oh, I feel alone. Yeah. But I'm also growing up in this extremely Polish, extremely white thing as huh. the only Indian kid. And I think we just kind of bonded immediately of just like, oh, we're kind of the in and the out. Like I, we right. always joke about how I was like, aren't you glad you're on the show? He's like, yeah. He's like, I, I'm on my fifth Sanjay. <laughs> Like he's like he's played five Sanjay like all the people like oh Indian guy Sanjay he's like I'm on my fifth Sanjay and I was like do you know how hard it is for kids for people not to like want to like in every everything I did up until like and I thought this was really interesting too every role I've gotten thus far was always written for a white guy community role really team like always like but like I never got the black roles because I just wasn't black enough do you never went and uh, blacked it up I couldn't do it there was an audition I don't want to say for what movie. But there was an audition that came up, and the guy really liked me. Yeah. I think really liked me. They were all excited. Oh, you're going to be in this movie. And there's a big movie. And I could tell what he wanted me to do for the part. Yeah, well, but he wasn't quite. He was talented. like, I'll play it like, you know, like that. And I was just like, I know what you want me to do. I can't do it. And, was it a principal thing? A principal role? No, was it like, was it on principle you wouldn't do it? On personal principle? Kind of both. Uh-huh. Kind of like, I don't really know how to do that. But I can pretend to do it a little bit, but like right. I, but I feel like that yeah. wouldn't be fair. Because uh-huh. then I'll just start doing that for other stuff, and like <laughs> you'd, I, you'd be typecast. Yeah, I'd be typecast, but also I wouldn't be doing it well. Right? Like there's other black guys that do it really well and don't have to pretend. <laughs> why? Why fucking? This is like yeah. get, get a get a real black get black a, guy. Get a real black black guy. <laughs> Seriously, why have me do? Why do that? Why make fake cheese and be like, be real cheese? Like, oh, that's hilarious. 
That's funny. So, all right, now, okay, let's just talk briefly about this. I, I know we talked about it before, but that the Spider-Man thing, you sort of referenced it, yeah. but there was this grassroots campaign to make you the new Spider-Man. Was that ever real? Did it ever have any any traction? Was there any legs? Yeah, it was scary for a moment. Like, but it, it started out of nowhere, right? I it mean, started it, out of nowhere. Somebody just forwarded me this, uh, I think it's called io9, uh, blog where they were like, oh, maybe Spider-Man could be a different race in this new one. It would be kind of interesting. Yeah. And they forwarded it to me and somebody put in the the comments a big picture of me. So I tweeted it and I was like, I want to be the next Spider-Man. It's kind of like a joke, like this would be cool. But it just, a lot of, it. I think it was honestly like a slow news day. Like it just trended immediately and everybody was like really excited for some uh-huh. reason. And then, like, that following Monday, I remember I was in Canada doing press for Community. Yeah. And I was getting all these phone calls, and it was on the front page of Yahoo. And the, like, head of CAA was like, who the fuck is Donald Glover? (laughs) And I was like, shit. And then, like, yes, Sony called. Like, it was, like, crazy. Yeah, it was was really weird for a second. was, Was it ever a possibility? I mean, the fact that we were talking Sony, like, I was like, oh. But when it got to that point, like, I didn't want to, like, that's the thing. Like, I wish I had had the balls to really, honestly, like, now when I look back, I wish I had had the balls to be like, yeah. I'm and ready. if you don't, like, if you don't, like, this will be, I'll make it a thing. Yeah. But I didn't want to do that. I was just like, because I didn't want, I felt like it, it would be a statement again. Like, it would yeah. be the statement that I wasn't trying. I was like, yeah. I wasn't saying, like, Spider-Man has to be black. I was yeah. saying, like. Isn't that cool? And and it's a possibility. Like yeah. I wouldn't want Batman to be black. Right. It really wouldn't make sense to me. It was like, oh, rich, old, yeah. rich money family being yeah. black. It was kind of weird. I wouldn't want Thor to be black. Yeah. But I was like, Spider Man makes so much sense being black. Yeah. Like he's a he's a nerdy kid, and I feel like the only ki- nerdy kids who really still get picked on are black nerdy ones yeah. or Mexican like minority yeah. nerdy ones. Right. He's in New York. He's poor. His parents have died. Yeah. I felt like that was the. I feel like that superhero, and he's covered from head to toe. Yeah, you wouldn't know he was black. You made a case in your mind. Yeah, I was like, this is all fucking makes sense. (laughs) You you did the Black Spider Man manifesto. (laughs) You're ready to show up at Sony. (laughs) At Sony, I was like, here's here's all the 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 points. I've done the research, (laughs) and so it just kind of became a thing. But like, man, the weird backlash that came from that was just like intense. I just didn't. Get. I was not expecting the viral that. element of it. Well, the viral element, but also just like the hate mail and shit. Like I just did not expect. Did, oh, you got hate mail. Yeah, I got like hate twitters. Like somebody created a Twitter, and like I had to block them only because like I was like he was. It was so much of my thing. I just didn't want to see it. Like you know, fuck you. Spider Man's not black. It was like Spider Man's not black. You fucking nigger. If you take it, I'll kill you. If you take that role, like get out. Like, yeah, for real. I was like. You guys, he's made up. Like I was like, yeah, it's not. It's a, fictional. it's a fictional character, and like this is all like just talk. Like these are just nerds talking, but like literally, like I'll kill you. That was sad. it's sad because it was probably a white racist nerd. Yeah, like you know, see that that's the weird thing that we forget about the whole nerd culture is that there's still prejudice and weirdness weirdness in this thing where the whole point of fantasy is that they're trying to get away from what we live every day yeah um, racist nerds racist nerds damn it (laughs) (laughs) i mean i mean but that's it kind of brought up a whole bunch of shit where i was like looking over like all that stuff like the race trading with a bunch of like nerd stuff and like avatar and in the prince of persia and like oh yeah stuff. Like, yeah like, like what how did it change your mind about that like avatar was made because the guy was like i asians don't have a superhero let's make that and it became wildly popular and then and when they made the movie all of them were white except for the villain right <laughs> and, and it was just kind of like this it's kind of like that's kind of weird and the same thing with like prince of persia guys playing white and i get it i think a lot of people think that like 
black people or like minorities or just immediately like that's wrong and they don't get like I get it like I understand why Sony wouldn't make a black Spider-Man it probably wouldn't make as much money like if if Will Smith was like I want to be Spider-Man they probably would have said yes because they would have made a bunch of money. Yeah. It's all about money. From all, all that shit r- runs back to money. It's never about yeah. really like I hate black people just on the principle they're black. It's usually like, I hate black people because they're poor. Right. And, and didn't, da- didn't Damon Wayans do a, like a superhero movie? Like, uh, Oh, yeah. like He he did Blank Man. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. there was Meteor Man. There was a whole like slew of them. And then uh, uh, Will did do that superhero movie. Yeah, Hancock. Weird, yeah, Hancock. Which is actually a pretty good movie. I, I liked that. I, I was super stoked for it. I was a little disappointed, but I really... Because I, I like the, I was so, I'm such a Will Smith fan, but also like I like that director a lot. He did Friday Night Lights, and I was so yeah, yeah, it. I know that guy. It was Deep a little Earth. weird, but I thought the yeah. idea was so great. Yeah, I mean, I caught it like you know by surprise. Like, I didn't like, I wasn't psyched to see it or anything, but it was on, and I yeah. watched it. And I'm like, this is better than I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I kind of knew Pete Berg when we were younger, and he's he does some pretty good stuff. Yeah, yeah. So know. now, where's the music at right now? You I do would, sing. I do sing in the songs and stuff like that. And I honestly, honestly, I would call it just like a black rock record. Okay. It's like super, like, it's not, it's not really, uh, it's not really, I guess what, what people would call like mainstream rap. Like, it's just, I feel like it's a black, it's a lot about what we've been talking about. It's a lot about race and growing up and like what really, the name of the album's Camp. Mm -hmm. And the reason I called it that, there's a lot of reasons, but one of them was just like, I wanted to do name it something that's the farthest away from the streets because like I just can't be street. Yeah, I don't I don't know how. So like <laughs> a lot a song of song on there called that. I uh, just can't be. Street. I can't be. Street. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta write that song. Uh, yeah, I know. I gotta <laughs> do that and then sell it to Sesame Street. It sounds like. It sounds uh, like did you put any song. any? Uh, were there any craft uh, uh, work samples in there? No, no samples. <laughs> I wish I could have. I mean, but like it's a really cheap record. It's all there's no samples. Yeah, like it's all. It's, do people still do that? They still do that. Yeah. But like craft work, man, it's so part of your, you know, it's part of your roots. I know. I like that. I like that sound, but I, I don't think I yeah, can yeah, sample yeah. them. I don't think and, I do it justice. And you, you had an hour on Comedy Central. Yeah, but you didn't really, you haven't really recorded a comedy CD. You did the comedy special. Yeah, that became and, a CD, but I've never done a CD flat out. Wow, that's interesting. Do I'm, you have a following in that area? In the music? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. I just, I guess it's because I've been doing it a while. I've been like, oh wow, there's an underground like following. So uh-huh. like it. It does, yeah. I just got signed, and it's it's going well. Wow, you're yeah. doing it your own way, buddy. <laughs> you know, you didn't get to be Spider Man, but you're but, certainly doing what you want to do. Yeah. Well, it was great talking to you, man. Thanks, and man. And you're doing great, and uh, you know, keep it up. Thanks. I love the show. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. That was my conversation with Donald Glover. What a sweet, intelligent, talented man he is. And I mean that honestly. And I hope you enjoyed that talk. All right. Let's see if we can... Uh, WTFPod.com. Go do that. A lot of Christmas presents. A lot of merchy merch. Fun stuff. JustCoffee.coop is available there. Get that WTF blend. And I get a little thing on the back end of that. A little bit. A little taste. Kicking a few shekels. Get the app. Do the stuff. Okay? All right? Let's see. This isn't going to happen. Boomer. Boomy. Boomer, your audience awaits. Maybe I can do the round. It's not the same, is it? It's weird, actually. Okay. Bye. Bye.